Sketch 14 of Zora Boys at Home and Abroad, or How to Succeed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Raven Notation Zora Boys at Home and Abroad, or How to Succeed, by William Alexander Mackay. Sketch 14 Professor Donald Mackay, B.A., Ph.D., or From the Plough to the Professor's Chair. Recent writers have observed that a very large proportion of the great scholars and leaders of thought in our day, as well as prominent businessmen, were born in country districts and rose to distinction by the steady effort, self-denial, and devotion which their early surroundings called forth. The career of Professor Donald Mackay, B.A., Ph.D., strikingly illustrates the fact that difficulties, which are sometimes regarded as hindrances to success, are to a strong, resolute mind only stepping-stones by which to rise to greater heights. Donald Mackay was born in West Zora in 1859. He was the second son of Mr. and Mrs. Angus Mackay. His father was an esteemed elder of Knox Church, Embro. His paternal grandfather, John Mackay, was known far and wide as a man of wonderful natural gifts, and possessed of singular powers of oratory. Reared upon the farm, and familiar with the hardships pertaining to a country life in those days, young Mackay showed an early predilection for study, and was prepared for public school teaching some time before the statutory age for entering that profession. In his school days he was a remarkably lively lad, fond of manly games and ambitious to excel in healthful sports. While attending the university, he was for three years a member of the champion football team of the province. His amusements, however, were taken as recreation, that is, subordinate to his work, and designed to recreate or renew the energies lost in the pursuit of his higher calling. His ambition was always to give the foremost place to his studies and to neglect nothing that would conduce to the cultivation of his mind. After three years of successful service as a public school teacher, he took steps to prepare himself for a university course. This he did at the Brantford Collegiate Institute, then under the principalship of James Mills, M.A., now Dr. Mills of the Ontario Agricultural College, Guelph, and matriculated into Toronto University, with first-class honours in the year 1881. For the next four years, Mr. Mackay devoted himself with great earnestness and success to his chosen work. He proved himself a remarkably bright student, possessing originality of conception, with uncommon powers of application and concentration, and in several departments he secured the highest honours of the university. He was a thinker, a deep and independent thinker, with a strong love for mathematical and metaphysical studies, and he elected as his special honour subject, psychology, under the stimulating teaching of the late illustrious Professor Young. It is only stating a well-known acknowledged fact that he was Professor Young's favourite student. The admiration was mutual, for the famous professor had no more enthusiastic disciple than Donald Mackay. Under the inspiration of such a teacher, it is no wonder that young Mackay became a most eager inquirer 
into the great problems of metaphysics, psychology, and ethics, winning during successive years the scholarships in these branches of learning. In 1885 he graduated with the highest honours. During his college career he was elected president of the Literary Society. Immediately after graduation, he was appointed principal of Elora High School, and in the three years he served in that position, he raised the school to a foremost place among the high schools of the province. His memory is fondly cherished by his old pupils, over whom he had a marvellous influence, by precept and example, stimulating them to what was manly, pure, and noble in life. By personal and private dealing with each pupil, he encouraged the despondent, stimulated the indolent, and inspired all with lofty conceptions of duty to God and man, as well as love for study. In Elora, he also taught the Bible class of the church with great acceptance and success. On the death of Professor Young in 1891, Mr. Mackay was invited to occupy for the remainder of the session the position thus rendered vacant. Youthful and inexperienced as he was, he acquitted himself so well in his new and responsible position that the students unanimously petitioned for his permanent appointment as Professor Young's successor. Mr. Mackay strongly felt, however, his need of additional study and experience before assuming such a responsibility, and so, for the next two years, devoted himself to postgraduate work at Hanover, Massachusetts, and Freiburg, Germany, universities. In the latter he studied under a number of the most famous scholars, and at the close of his work received the degree of Doctor of Philosophy. But alas, so many years of close application to study told only too manifestly upon his physical system. From Germany he returned home, loaded with honours, but with shattered nerves and a broken-down constitution. For many years his mental faculties had been run at high pressure, and now the naturally strong but human tenement showed signs of giving way under the severe and long-continued strain. In order to recuperate, he spent the next year in Colorado. But even during his leisure his ambition and thirst for knowledge would not allow him to remain idle. His vacation simply shifted the scene of his work. He contributed a number of literary and philosophical articles to leading magazines and journals in the United States, qualified himself for examination in theology, and was licensed to preach the gospel by the Presbytery of Denver. The chair of psychology in Toronto University, having again become vacant through the removal of Professor Baldwin to another university, Dr. Mackay received the appointment, but another place awaited him. The great master said, Come up higher. On his way home from Colorado, he was seized with paralysis, and some months afterwards his sun set, while yet his life's great work seemed only beginning. He died February 11, 1894, in the 35th year of his age. He was young, but he lived long. Life is measured rather by thoughts and deeds than by days and hours. Do they not sail long enough who win the harbour? Do they not contend long enough who obtain the victory? Do they not run long enough who reach the goal? And do they not live long enough on earth who win heaven, be their days never so few? 
Dr. Mackay was well known to the writer as an earnest, devout Christian, humble and unostentatious, but none the less a sincere follower of his master. He took a deep interest in the work and welfare of young people, and to them his career should be at once an inspiration and a warning. An inspiration to earnest work, a warning to guard against overwork, even in a good cause. I will here quote the words of Rev. G. Monroe, M.A., Ridgetown, Ontario, for many years pastor of Zora Church. With mingled feelings of deep sorrow and joy, I stood by his bedside. Sorrow, when I looked upon the shattered body of a noble and promising young man. Joy at the simple faith of the scholar in the Saviour. The calm contemplation of death, and the self-forgetting inquiry for the welfare of old friends. To him at eventide there was light. He spoke words of cheer to the sorrowing relatives and friends, and asked that the thirty-fourth psalm be read. The master came, and the freed spirit of Donald Mackay took its flight to where all mysteries are solved, and all aspirations gratified. The funeral was one of the largest ever seen in the district. A number of clergymen were present, and impressive services were conducted by Rev. G. C. Patterson, M.A., all Zorro bowed the head in sincere and sympathetic sorrow because Donald Mackay was dead. End of sketch 14